This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. I am Jason Kong and I have the pleasure of being here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson with Transitions Life Care. Mary, how are you today? I'm back from vacation, yes. whether I like it or not. <laughs> I know, I know. That first week back is always, always a bit of a struggle. <laughs> Sam, how are you? I'm good. I'm also back from a little three day three day weekend last week. So uh, it's even three days off. It's still you know, tough. <laughs> Transitions Life Care. You guys, you guys live the life. Live the life. Well, we're gonna uh, start out talking here on the show about. One of our favorite subjects, we get very fired up about talking about COVID-19 vaccines, and uh, we're really excited to have a special guest on the line, and that is Dr. Cardra Burns. She is Senior Deputy Director for the North Carolina Division of Public Health. Dr. Burns, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you for having me today. Um, Looking forward to speaking to you and your listeners. I first want to thank you for everything that you and your team are doing throughout the pandemic. I know this is no easy job, and you guys have just been doing a wonderful job keeping us all protected Mm -hmm. in the community. Thank you. And I also thank you all for just being able to further share the information. It takes all of us to make sure that our community and our residents of North Carolina are getting accurate information on a daily basis. So thank you all for everything that you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're happy to get the the word out on on accurate information (laughs) on that, too. Definitely. So currently we have three vaccines that are authorized by the FDA that are available in North Carolina. Is one vaccine better than another or, or should you be waiting to get a different vaccine? vaccine when one is offered to you? I would definitely say that, you know, just like you mentioned, we do have three tested and safe as well as effective vaccines here in North Carolina. And all three are available and effective in really preventing hospitalizations and deaths that are caused by COVID-19. The Pfizer vaccine is approved for all people over the age of 16, while Moderna and Johnson & Johnson are approved for adults 18 and older. And really, the best vaccine is the one that you can get the soonest. And due to the limited supply that we have right now, I just strongly recommend people take the first vaccine that is offered to them. And what's even more exciting is that all North Carolinians who are at least 16 and older will qualify for um, vaccine April 7th. Meanwhile, um, our essential workers that are not yet vaccinated can get their shot actually starting today on the 31st. Yay. Awesome. Good. Both those dates today and April 7th coming up soon. Um, so I know myself, I did the Moderna vaccine, which was one of our two-part series shots. Um, and I had a friend who got the Johnson & Johnson, and I've got to admit, I was a little jealous she could do a one and done. Um, so can you talk a little bit about why is Johnson & Johnson only one shot? And what's the main difference in that from the other two-part vaccines? So I'm going to talk science here yes, just please. for a minute. Yes, and just, and just share that all of our currently authorized vaccines give your body a temporary, temporary instructions to make a protein. The two-dose vaccine uses what's called an mRNA technology. Instead of the mRNA, the one-dose vaccine that's made by Johnson & Johnson or, Jackson, or Janssen uses DNA to give your body that same type of temporary instructions. And this protein really 
safely teaches our bodies to make this germ-fighting antibodies against the COVID-19 virus. And then, poof, it goes away. But these germ-fighting antibodies are then ready to fight off the real virus if it ever tries to attack your body. So your body just naturally breaks down everything that's in the vaccine. There's no COVID-19 virus in the vaccine. There's no live virus in any of the vaccines. And none of the vaccines can change your DNA. And so while we have um, one shot versus two shot, it just really goes back to making sure people get the vac- whatever vaccine that's available to them the soonest. Awesome. So the efficacy of the vaccines has really ranged across the board. We've seen a lot in the news and actually some good news coming out lately about a couple of the vaccines. But across the board, it's not fully 100 percent. Why should we be getting these vaccines if there aren't if they aren't 100 percent and not completely effective? I don't think I know anything in the world that is 100% at all. Agreed. We do not, we do not live in a 100% world, but I will say that, you know, all three of the vaccines are very, very effective in preventing hospitalization and death. Um, just like you mentioned, some of the more recent studies um, that just came out about um, the vaccine. And for a few people who may still get COVID after being vaccinated, being vaccinated, again, will still protect them from getting as sick as well as prevent hospitalization or death. Um, and the vaccine really helped people from COVID-19 with no serious safety concerns. And this was really noted in the clinical trial. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there are some temporary reactions after receiving a vaccine, such as a sore arm, headache, feeling tired or achy for a day or two, or and in some cases a fever. But getting as many people as possible vaccinated quickly will really help us turn the tide of this pandemic and also help stop the spread of mm-hmm. COVID-19 variants. Mm-hmm. Definitely better than the alternative. I know I talked a little bit about <laughs> yes. my personal experience. I actually had a mild case of COVID back in the fall, but I still went for it and got vaccinated because mm-hmm. I was not about to do that again. <laughs> so no. can, can you talk a little bit? Um, I've been hearing some things in the news about new strains of COVID, new variants of COVID. So do these vaccines currently on the market work to cover those uh, new variants we've been hearing about? So all variants, um, excuse me, all viruses really change over time. Um, mm-hmm. And these changes are what you call the variants. They're expected, but Scientists are really working um, to learn more about COVID-19, the variants, and just their effects on vaccines. Mm-hmm. Although recent studies suggest that the germ-fighting cells that I mentioned earlier created by the vaccinations are also able to fight against these variants, too. We do know that some of the new variants will spread more easily, which can lead to more cases of COVID-19. So I really want to leave your listeners with the fact that it's still so important to keep practicing the three W's, washing their hands, waiting six feet apart, wearing a face covering around people that don't live with them. And then in addition, still getting vaccinated as soon as they're able to. Mm -hmm. So there's also been a lot in the news lately about the AstraZeneca vaccine side effects. And while this vaccine isn't available in the United States, it appears we have contract enough vaccines to cover all Americans without it. But for the global efforts, especially in some of our developing countries, this could be a setback. Do the benefits outweigh the risk with the AstraZeneca vaccine? And is there really truly a risk with this vaccine, even though it's not affecting us here in the United States? I want to kind of talk through it since it's out there in the news. 
And so I can't really answer if the benefits outweigh the risk. Mm-hmm. But what, what I can share is that before the AstraZeneca vaccines are authorized here in the United States, mm-hmm. there will be an independent scientific council that will review the data on safety and effectiveness um, the same ways that um, we really reviewed the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The FDA requires vaccination providers to report any adverse reactions after getting um, any COVID-19 vaccination to their what's called a vaccine adverse event reporting system, even if it's not clear that the vaccine caused a problem. So we have our CDC, we have the FDA, and many other federal partners that just will continue to monitor the safety of um, the vaccines as well as AstraZeneca before it's authorized here. Great. We've been seeing a lot of things. One last question for you. We've been seeing things really loosen up lately. Mm -hmm. Restaurants, bars, spring break. Um, How cautious (laughs) should we really be after receiving the vaccine? And is this the new normal that we could be living for a while? I want to go back to, um, I love this this analogy that the governor recently shared around football, where mm-hmm. there's, there are times in football when the runner nears the goal and they begin to celebrate too early, and then guess what? <laughs> the ball is stripped away. <laughs> um, Go- governor Cooper said we can't get caught celebrating too early. And while we're seeing our COVID trends moving in the right direction, we still have a lot of work to do. There's still viral transmission. And with the introduction of these new and more contagious variants, we need to keep protecting each other and practicing those three W's while everyone um, continues to get a spot to get their shot. It's still so, so important. Washing your hands, face coverings, keeping distance, all of these necessary prevention strategies are needed. And then Especially if you feel that you have COVID-like symptoms, please still get tested. We still have um, many, many testing resources throughout the state to be able to support anyone that needs a test also. That is the voice of Dr. Cardra Burns. She is the Senior Deputy Director for the North Carolina Division of Public Health. Dr. Burns, thank you so much for your time. This is this is so helpful for our listeners and uh, you know, it's it's just information that I think everyone needs, and we really appreciate you taking the time here today to come speak with us. And no, thank you for your continued efforts to w- for working together with us to really slow the spread of COVID nineteen, and just for your commitment to ensuring your listeners and your communities you serve are informed and supported. So thank you for having me. Well, just like uh, everyone in the community, if we all continue to do our part, we'll absolutely get through this. We are taking a quick break, but we will be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson, and we're shifting our focus now to pharmacies and online as well. And we're very pleased to welcome uh, Lori Jang. She is the CEO of North Carolina Med Assist. Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you for having me. I am a huge North Carolina Medicist fan. I learned about you all previously in another life in the healthcare industry, and I'm just so excited to have you on the show and really spread the good news about what North Carolina Medicist is for our, our listeners so that everyone knows where this resource is and how they can find it if they need it. So maybe we just start with the basics. What is North Carolina Medicist? Well, we are a pharmacy program. So we are just serving individuals who lack insurance. So these are individuals in our state here in North Carolina that don't qualify for Medicaid and they don't qualify for Medicare and they don't have any other form of private health insurance. Great. That gap is um, a big topic that's been in the news lately mm-hmm. and, you know, that the, the gap of people who aren't covered. Um, so maybe you could talk a little bit about who qualifies for MedAssist as well. So there is an eligibility process, and um, uh, I'll say it um, the official way. Your income needs to be within 300% of the federal poverty level. And just to give you an idea of what that means is a household of one, so a family member who lives alone can earn as much as $38,000 and still qualify. So if you're part of a family of four and you don't have any form of insurance, your household income can be as much as $78,000 annually and still qualify for our services. So just because you have income doesn't mean you can always afford the medications that you're Mm -hmm. on. And um, we treat primarily chronic illnesses. So I'll give you some examples of what they are. Diabetes, so people that are um, insulin dependent can often get their insulin from us. We also have medications that treat high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, arthritis medicine. Um, We also have anti-seizure medicine, and that's um, something that children may need um, as well. So we will um, treat and care for anybody living in North Carolina with income up to those amounts I just stated. Wow, that's great. And such a good range of medications, too, that can be very expensive for folks as well. Um, so is Absolutely. this is NC Medicist a physical pickup or a mail pharmacy? So we're mail uh, order pharmacy. Um, once you're eligible, you have your physicians um, send your prescriptions to us, and we will fill those prescriptions here in the Charlotte office and mail them either directly to your house or if your doctor's office is a clinic that has a pharmacy, we can also mail them to that um, clinic's pharmacy. Most of our patients, though, choose um, to have their prescription mailed to their home address. Definitely. It's a very easy Mm -hmm. process to do. Uh, So you can talk a little bit about how to sign up for NC Medicist? Absolutely. Um, uh, We try to keep it as as basic as possible, Um, but we do have an application, and you can find that on our website at medicist.org. And the uh, tab that you go to will not only take you to that application, but it will also give you information 
as to the proof or the documentation you need to send with it. So if you filed a tax return last year, we'll need that tax return. Um, if you uh, work um, for just uh, uh, cash, then we'll need um, some sort of statement from the people who pay you that you get you know, $100 a week from them. Um, and so that information is all on the website, and you can also complete it via the website and submit it electronically to us. Um, uh, uh, or you can print it off and mail it to us. Either way, if you have any questions whatsoever, you can call us um, and our numbers there on the website. Um, uh, we do have a toll-free number there on the website as well. Wonderful. I know a little bit of, from talking with you previously about your mobile, mobile over-the-counter offering as well. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about what that is? Yes. Yeah, so we do operate a mobile free pharmacy program. Um, we uh, take um, the uh, over-the-counter medications that often come through Second Harvest Food Bank, and we distribute them into communities in North Carolina through these one-day events. Um, because of the COVID-19 um, pandemic, we transition these mobile events to drive-through events. So if you want to know where we're going to be, once again, you go to our website and uh, look up mobile events or over-the-counter um, events, and um, they will it will share with you what community we're going to be in. But we are in North Carolina almost weekly distributing over-the-counter medications. So these are things like um, Tylenol. Uh, these are things like cold and flu medicines that treat the symptoms of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. um, it will also have first aid supplies like Band-Aids and ACE bandages. Mm -hmm. um, just about anything you can find in a retail drugstore we would have available at these mobile events. And the, the, the real reason why we do these mobile events is also to draw attention to the fact that if you're on a prescription medication, we may be able to help you uh, get that medication at no cost if you're uninsured. Mm -hmm. um, so in your bag of, of over-the-counter medications, you'll see that information on the free pharmacy that we operate. Wow, that's such a huge impact and reach that you guys really have across the state. Can you talk with us a little bit about the economic benefit and how many neighbors you've served? Oh, gosh, um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, the high cost of medication is the number one reason why people go without their life-saving medication. And if you're a diabetic and you need your insulin, it is life-threatening mm -hmm. for you to do half doses or to go without. Um, so that is the number one reason why people without insurance don't stay on their medication therapy. Um, so last year um, we served over 20,000 unique individuals across North Carolina, and that, those are people who are in the free pharmacy programs. So they're, they're getting their medications on a um, regular basis from us. We served another um, 30, uh, 
6,000 or more, I think it was something like another 37,000 people with over-the-counter medications at our mobile events. And these people are getting um, anywhere between $75 and $100 in over-the-counter medicines that I just mentioned, you know, Tylenol, cold and flu, and first aid supplies. Um, so a huge reach, um, the impact. So when we talk about what is the impact of having medication available to people. So if you are diabetic and you have your insulin and you take it, you're going to go to the ER less because you're not going to be sick. So that has a what we call health care uh, cost savings. So our health care cost savings every year is $76 million wow. to the state of North wow. Carolina. Um, yeah, it's huge. And, and, and that's just based on the top five chronic illnesses that we treat. Um, you know, it could be more if we uh, had information out there that was peer-reviewed literature, you know, that told us what the savings is um, for someone with, say, arthritis. Um, but when you take someone with asthma uh, uh, that is not well-controlled and you provide them their inhaler and the education that they need in order to take it appropriately, then they're not going to have multiple ER visits. And, um, and if you're uninsured, ultimately taxpayers pay the cost of that visit. And that is the highest cost of health care, right? Uh, uh, highest form of health care cost is to visit a doctor in the ER. Mm -hmm. um, so when we save them from having to do that, that saves us all money. Um, and so that, that number, that $76 million number, is a very conservative number when we talk about NC Medicine's impact to the state and what we're saving the state in, in terms of our services. Now, um, usually the next question, Mary, is, well, what does it cost you to serve a patient? And I don't know if that was on your mind, <laughs> but I, I'll share with you that it only costs us $200 a year to serve wow. a patient. Wow, that's well, a huge impact. Yeah, that is uh, uh, not what I was expecting. Lori Jang, she is the CEO of North Carolina Medicis. This is a, a wonderful resource, Lori, and we really thank you for your time. And folks can find more information by going online to medassist.org, medassist.org. Lori, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We are taking a quick break, but we will be back with more. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5. AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Hey, don't forget, you can always find more about Transitions Life Care online anytime 
at transitionslifecare.org. Transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson, and we are now turning to the topic of hearing and to have a well-rounded conversation on this. We are excited to welcome our next guest, and that is Dr. Sarah Ann Lentz-Barker. She is a doctor of audiology. Dr. Barker, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Dr. Barker, we're so glad to have you. We were actually just having a hot debate here in the studio on how to pronounce tinnitus. So can you answer that first question for us? Is it tinnitus, tinnitus? What's the appropriate pronunciation? Both are actually correct. Um, And it is very divided even within the audiology (laughs) world as to who says it what way. Um, Even in our office, I say tinnitus. Uh, One of the other doctors in our office says tinnitus. So both are actually correct. That's good to know that it's 50-50 and we don't have to get into a fight here in the studio about who's right. Exactly. (laughs) So maybe we could start with what is it? Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about the basics? Let's start with 101. Yeah, so tinnitus is, some people describe it as a ringing or a buzzing sound, but really it can be any sound that is not present in your environment. So I even have some patients who hear music. Um, So any sound that you hear within your ears or your head that is not present in the environment is called tinnitus. Is it a permanent problem or is there a cure currently? Well, so it depends. So tinnitus is actually a symptom. It is not a disease in Mm -hmm. and of itself. Um, Tinnitus can be a sign of hearing loss. It can be a sign of an ear infection, allergies. Um, Tinnitus can even be caused by stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes tinnitus can come on and it can last for about six months and sometimes it goes away on its own. After about six months, it is considered persistent um, and is probably not going to go away, but not always. Wow. Can you talk a little bit about who's most likely to suffer from tinnitus? You know, it was actually uh, just having a conversation with my mom. She had a root canal years ago, and she was just telling yeah. me that she experiences no way. tinnitus from time to time. Yeah. And I was kind mm-hmm. of shocked by that, that that could be connected. Wow. So- yes. So tinnitus can be caused by um, TMJ. So mm-hmm. if your jaw is out of alignment, that can cause tinnitus. Um, even you know muscles in your neck can cause tinnitus. Um, so anyone at any age can be affected by tinnitus. Um, and one out of six adults in America actually do experience tinnitus at some time. Um, tinnitus is the number one disability for military veterans. Um, wow. It can be caused by exposure to loud noises, um, aging, head injuries, ear infections. Um, problems with your jaw and teeth can also cause tinnitus. So um, there are some dentists that specialize in TMJ, and so sometimes they will get involved with tinnitus as well. Hmm. Sounds like age isn't the only thing yeah. then. No, definitely not. (laughs) So our listeners are all ears. What are some resources that are available for those who suffer from this condition? So um, one of the first things I recommend is getting a hearing test. 
to see is there hearing loss. Um, our office, we actually do a full tinnitus evaluation where we attempt to uh, match the tinnitus that you're experiencing. So we try to recreate it and identify it uh, by, both by pitch and loudness of it. Um, additional resources are from the American Tinnitus Association. Um, there are lots of things that can help with managing tinnitus, whether it is permanent or not, um, and it is not always a device. Mm. Good to know. Mm -hmm. So we know, too, that with COVID-19 going around, it's had a lot of effects on people in multiple ways. Can you talk a little bit about how COVID-19 can or could exacerbate tinnitus symptoms? Um, We aren't really sure exactly what the the connection is. Um, We believe that because COVID-19 is primarily a respiratory Mm -hmm. infection um, and your respiratory system is very closely tied to your ears, that that is part of the cause and part of that connection. Um, but definitely stress and anxiety will also play into that. Um, and with COVID-19 and the, the stress of just socially distancing mm-hmm. and masks, and um, that plays a part of it on top of possibly those respiratory issues that Um, fullness in your ears, and that would definitely Mm -hmm. exacerbate any tinnitus that you might have already. Mm -hmm. So for someone that has tinnitus, what are some first steps they should take in addressing this issue and and seeking help to kind of relieve some of these symptoms? So um, one thing I strongly suggest to patients is meditation. Um, You know, Many physicians will tell you, oh, tinnitus is no big deal, just learn to live with it. Um, But tinnitus affects everybody's quality of life, and it affects you, it affects every person differently, um, and it makes it very difficult to relate to those around them. Um, So any kind of relaxation exercise can help, um, but having additional sounds in your environment to help reduce the prominence of the tinnitus that you're experiencing can also help. Dr. Barker, why are people, why do people tend to be more defensive about their hearing? I would think if you were suffering maybe from losses of any of your other senses, you would immediately Mm -hmm. freak out and and (laughs) seek assistance. But when it comes to hearing, it, it always seems to be like a struggle. Yes. I I agree. Um, It definitely is more of a struggle. Um, And I don't know if some of that is, we all remember our grandparents or great-grandparents that had these hearing aids that made noises and they didn't hear well. um, And so they think that hearing aids won't help. Um, Sometimes um, hearing aids, if they're not fit properly, they don't sound right, or depending on the hearing loss, hearing aids may not always be appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so hearing aids um, don't return your hearing to normal, which I think makes it really difficult, whereas glasses, you get glasses and your vision returns mm-hmm. back to normal. Uh, but with hearing and hearing aids, hearing aids don't return your hearing to normal, so there is always still a struggle. There is still a, it's not normal. 
Gotcha. Well, that that does make some sense. We are speaking with Dr. Sarah Ann Lensparker, Doctor of Audiology with Raleigh Hearing and Tinnitus, or Tinnitus, I guess, uh, (laughs) vary that as well. Center, uh, Dr. Barker, what's the best way for folks to find out more information about you if uh, maybe they do have someone who's suffering (laughs) from uh, tinnitus? Our website has some great information about tinnitus. Um, so our, our website is RaleighHearingAndTinnitusCenter.com, and there are videos and lots of information about tinnitus and tinnitus management strategies. Excellent. RaleighHearingAndTinnitusCenter.com is the best way to find them online. Dr. Barker, thank you again for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. We are taking another quick break, and we will be back with more This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic transitionslifecare.org is where you can find more about Transitions Life Care, transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson, and we got to do a little bit of housekeeping here. We're going to be spending <laughs> some time talking about the Caregiver Summits, and uh, you know, if for those who have been listening to this program for some time know uh, what a valuable resource the Caregiver Summits are, and Mary, of course, COVID-19 has uh, changed things a bit. Last year, we introduced the first uh, virtual caregiver summit. Well, uh, I know we, we talked about what was coming up uh, for this year, but let's, let's go over those changes again. And uh, maybe, maybe we start with what changed last year, and then we'll go into uh, what's on tap for this year. Absolutely. So I know that Sam is also very familiar with this subject. Oh, I am. <laughs> um, we've always really enjoyed doing the Caregiver Summit in person and being mm-hmm. able to meet with caregivers and, and our partners and sponsors for the Caregiver Summit and really um, wrap our ra- arms around our caregivers with resources and, and helping them on, on their journey. So it's a bummer, again, to not be able to do this in person because of COVID. Um, so last year we did it through an app on your mm-hmm. phone, which, Sam, I know you, you're very good with the apps. Yes, I love my apps. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great format to offer to folks, um, especially for a further reach. You know, as mm-hmm. you all know, I cover Johnston and Harnett counties in my territory. So an opportunity for folks where they don't have to drive all the way up to Raleigh or Durham or where have you, Chapel Hill. Um, so kind of opens up more access in a way to people. Absolutely. So that took us last year through COVID. And then this year, we're going to do it a little bit differently because I think that there is some benefit to doing these live Mm -hmm. and having people have the opportunity to ask questions of our speakers. So this year, we're shifting to a new format through Zoom, which I know everyone's becoming strangely familiar with after (laughs) we um, should all be zoom pros by now yeah i'm tired zoom fatigue has set in but we're gonna (laughs) do it again um so we're gonna be doing these over zoom um and we're excited to offer that also because being able to record them we'll still Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to go back and watch recorded uh, webinars after they air um but being 
be able to do it live, we can ask questions as well. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to um, tune in and ask live questions of our webinar uh, presenters. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this format still gives people the opportunity to attend from across the country as well. So it's yeah. not just caregivers here locally. Definitely share it with your friends, families. Um, so like Mary mentioned, it's going to be a little bit of a different format with the Zoom. So there'll be four separate Thursdays in April where caregivers can come in and sign up and join for those sessions. Um, and we've got some topics. The first one coming up is on April 8th on essential legal planning for healthcare, care, uh, which is a very important topic that we all need to look at and do some long-term planning. Uh, I know it's a lot of things we try to put off sometimes doing, but... Right. Definitely important to take a look at. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people wait too late to put some of these documents into place. And, mm-hmm. and you know, waiting till there's an emergency, we've learned, especially through COVID, mm-hmm. um, has been a challenge. And so I think that it's a great uh, webinar for addressing those things and kind of getting you and your loved ones talking about um, how to plan for the future. Definitely. Um, we've got some other sessions coming up, too. How to pay for long-term care, another hot topic. Understanding Medicaid benefits for nursing home care and what Medicaid managed care means. Uh, and also understanding traditional Medicare versus Medicare Advantage plans. Uh, so some really good topics coming up for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, the webinars are hosted from 2 to 3 p.m. Again, they're on Thursdays. Uh, we'll have the dates on our websites. And registrations actually open right now. So you can go to caregiversummit.org to sign up. Mm-hmm. And this is free. I think that's yes. something we forgot to mention, this is 100% free. Um, So don't hesitate to sign up caregiversummit.org. Um, it's free, all free, 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 free. Um, Can't and stress it enough. Yeah, it's a great resource. Um, some really good topics every Thursday in April, April 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th from 2 to 3. Um, and they'll be recorded. So afterwards, they'll be posted on our website. You can go back and reference them. I'm personally very excited to hear more about Medicaid managed care and mm-hmm. how that's changing. Um, I think there's a lot of changes that are coming up in North Carolina, and I think it's really good to wrap our head around what that looks like um, and um, know the differences and mm-hmm. what's going to be happening and and how it will affect people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've talked a lot on the show as well about paying for long-term care. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. the hot topic. Um, so I think that uh, that session will be great for those who are really thinking about the future. And also in that one, there will be um, some information about veterans benefits, which we uh-huh. talked about recently, um, and is something that is a underutilized resource. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's so many veterans benefits out there that people don't even know exist. Yeah, and and don't know also how to register for yeah. them or um, and, and get that extra money coming in and, and thinking about long-term care. That's something um, that can help address some of those concerns. And I know that for my grandfather, it was a something we didn't understand when he moved into his independent living facility that the veteran benefit could help us pay for that care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been super beneficial for my family, but it took a huge act for us to get it into place and <laughs> yes. get the paperwork filled out to um, to get it all set up and helping. Um, so I'm excited about that one as well. I've, I'm sending these all to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, a two-step process because it's, it's one thing to know that these resources exist. And then the other step is making sure that you've got the guidance to be able to navigate some of these sometimes heavily bureaucratic and 
difficult waters to navigate. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's such a wonderful thing that Transitions Life Care does and putting on these summits so that we are connected to people who are authorities on these subjects and mm-hmm. who know how to help explain to those of us who maybe have been thrusted into a caregiving situation mm-hmm. that uh, we were not anticipating. Uh, and that's that's always been uh, in my opinion, one of the best things about the Caregivers Summit, and I know this this isn't going to be in person, and that was always one of the cool things to see, but even in a virtual environment, I think it's so important to be able to know that there are other people going through what you're yes. going through, and having that interaction that you're going to have on Zoom this year with people asking questions, um, it, it's, it's just an invaluable resource as someone uh, again, who may have been thrusted in a situation like this. And sometimes you just don't know the right questions to ask. No, absolutely not. And that was one of the great things about our in-person conferences was watching other caregivers connect. Mm-hmm. And I think doing that through Zoom this year will definitely allow you that opportunity. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I'll be hosting them. So you'll see me. Um, <laughs> and I'll be um, also gathering the questions. So chat me away. Please ask as many questions as you have, because I can't wait to see them come in and ask them of our guests and um, see all of you on Zoom and, um, and, and hear from everybody. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for how those will go. Um, and I can't wait to see everybody virtually uh, starting on April 8th for our Caregiver Summit. Also, I want to make sure that we thank our strategic partners, the mm-hmm. Alzheimer's Association of Eastern North Carolina and the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. They have been a huge help in putting this on yes. year after year, um, as well as many sponsors that are coming in um, to help make this possible and free. Um, mm-hmm. They are helping cover the cost of these um, webinars so that they can remain free for our caregivers, which I think is huge. Yes. Yeah, it's it's incredible what you guys are able to do. Uh, and it's, it's uh, you know, in thanks large part to all these donors who help out and pitch in because, again, it's an invaluable resource for those who are looking for this information. It's hard to find all this stuff uh, when, when you're put in a situation like that, but to have everything in one place and to have access to these experts, it's, it's truly a great thing. And as Mary said, this starts on April 8th. So go ahead and register now. Go on over to caregiversummit.org caregiversummit.org. We also have a link on the WPTF website. If that's an easier way to get there for you, just go to WPTF.com, click on podcasts, and then Aging Matters, and uh, we've got links to the Caregiver Summit there. You can also listen to this episode as well as all the other past episodes of Aging Matters. If you want to find a, a subject that you're interested in, they're all listed there, and you can go back and listen to the words and wisdom of, uh, of Mary and Sam. <laughs> and they, puns. Yes, and puns. You know, we always sneak in a pun there as well into each episode. Well, at least we try to. We, we're, we're pretty good at that. Well, again, Caregiver Summit. Dot org is the website, and if you want to find more about Transitions Life Care, transitionslifecare.org. We are out of time for today. we got to get out of here. On behalf of Sam Peterson and Mary Lucas, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk traffic. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.